You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Empire is brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Since 1952, Interstate Batteries has been evoking compassion and a trustworthy spirit into the surrounding communities. Interstate Batteries is a mission-driven company fueled by purpose and guided by their values. If you need help locating a specific battery, stop into your local Interstate Batteries retail store and speak with a battery specialist. They even offer cell phone repairs. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate and Andy. No, Micah. Micah, just not showing up ever. No, most uh, undependable person I've ever met. I mean, if, he would, if he'd make it to a few podcasts, you know, he might enjoy it a little more. If I'm being honest, you know, can't, can't rely on the guy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Show up, man. <laughs> Show up. How's it going, dude? Good. It's going good. Most complain. Today is today's actually pretty exciting for me. I'll brag a little bit. My nephew is the wrestling state wrestling tournament, and uh, he's he's sitting decent right now. So he has a big day tomorrow, and uh, yeah, he's sitting two and zero so far. So we'll see what happens. He's guaranteed a medal if he wins first match. He's going to the championship. So pretty stoked there. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. My uh, my daughter's friendly boy, friendly boy, yeah, friendly boy. He's down there um, at state and. He did win his first match. I have not checked um, his second match. Um, so hopefully he is. I think he's the one seed in his bracket. Um, nice. So I think he's got a decent chance, obviously, of, of doing well. But, right. dude, that's state. Like, I mean, you never know a state. Dude, there's so many upsets. Like, just, I don't know, it's, it's so fun to watch, I guess. It's because you never know what's going to happen and – you know, a kid can come in, like I said, as a one seed from his district, and they wrestle another district's four seed. Yep. They're going to the backside, man, as a one seed. Well, and, and it's just such a fun – Shakes it all up. It's such a fun thing to go watch, um, which oh, for sure. pisses me off that they're having it in the middle of the week, by the way. One of the big schools get the precedent of the weekend. So Yeah. So he won both of his first two matches, so he's in the semis also. So um, nice. good, good job to my daughter's friendly good boy. Uh, looks like he uh, decision. Don't be decision. too friendly. Yeah, yeah. No, not too friendly. Exactly. <laughs> but um, oh, so yeah. So good luck to all. The, well, by the time this has been heard, all the wrestlers will have been done. But congrats to who won, and you know, get better yeah. who, to who didn't. <laughs> <laughs> get better. Uh, if you ain't I first, you're last. Right. That's right. 
But uh, hell, I was drunk and high when I said that, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> you can be second. You can, you can be, be third. third. Hell, you hell, could you even can be fourth. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Oh, movie. That's a great movie. Uh, is that a cougar? There's <laughs> cougar in the car. Uh, oh man, but no, it's been, it's been good. We uh, so each year, um, I take um, a couple kids coyote hunting. Shout out to. Wyatt and Clara and Garrison got to go with us this year. Nice. And uh, I have a new record. We had eight people um, with us on on Sunday night and Damn. killed two coyotes. So if anybody that's you have to drive, that, so you drove like three vehicles around. We drove two trucks. <laughs> we drove two trucks and uh, yeah, and rolled out of there. We still still made it happen. So it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I was I was I've been complaining that it was you know kind of crappy calling but when I, when I think about that perspective of rowing eight, eight people, people two vehicles killing two coyotes uh, is pretty pretty impressive to be honest with you yeah i've spent the last week getting my truck like yours you know we got the old camper shell on do you no i didn't put the camper shell on i did i did originally put the camper shell on and i just yeah? I, I can't get over the fact that it's black and not the same oh, color geez. as my truck but what i did do is uh so I bought the the rack the storage rack that goes on your hitch whatever those things are called yeah. and um I have a tonneau cover for my truck okay. so I'm like oh that'll do the same thing you know it's just keeping our stuff Pretty warm close. you know so I'll do that well then I noticed I live on gravel and I drive it on sucks a, gravel in those dude things. it got so dusty back there so I yeah. I put some um what do you call it some like auto sealer mm-hmm. um strips around the tailgate like weather, weather seal type yeah, stuff yeah. yeah basically um that's where that apparently where that dust is getting sucked in is uh, through the tailgate so gotcha. i did that today i just got it in so i did that today so i'm hopeful that that helps get rid of the dust you know that the camper shell is the only like i've had the tonneau covers and been with people the camper shell so far is the only one i haven't seen have the dust problem see my camper shell did have dust in it but I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't ha- have some. It wasn't as bad as near. the tonneau. Yeah, no. yeah. So if it if it does continue having issues, um, I'll either put the camper shell back on, or I'll just wait until I can find one that's the same color as the truck and get it on. But anyway, yeah, we're the, we're the camper shell gang boys. We and uh, I I use that rack or whatever the hell you want to call that the oh caddy the caddy and uh, it was nice, man. That the coyote I killed um that night was bleeding really badly and you don't have uh, to clean out every truck bed nope just threw them back there and uh when i got home i took off that deal off the hitch that's the only thing that it's a kind of a pain in the ass taking it on and off here on and there and off, yeah. but um because i went and bought one of them deals that it's called like an anti-rattle it's like a like a u-bolt U- yeah yeah and which is nice because it keeps it you know nice and sturdy but Metal, then when you yeah. go to take that off, you got to loosen those bolts and, and take that off too. But whoop-de-doo, yeah. extra 20 Get seconds. Get that impact real quick. And yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so we're uh, we're hunting a tournament this weekend. Midwest Wildlife Tournament is this weekend for the listeners last weekend because you'll be hearing this after it's over. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, excited about it. We've been doing pretty much nothing but thermal hunting for the past two and a half weeks. And so right. um, this will be the first time I day hunt in a while. So I'm excited about that just to kind of look through a regular scope, um, regular, you know, Athlon scope. And, mm-hmm. um, so we'll be doing that. Um, 
What a parlay into our sponsors. Yeah. I didn't even really mean to do that, but let's just get into mm-hmm. it. Uh, Athlon Optics. Um, I'm going to be running my 22-250 this weekend because my go. six Creed is now currently out of commission until I um, change out the the Arca plate that you're I messing, bought for You're messing with yep. your Arca reel. I forgot about that. So I had to take the um, action bolt out, and I'm trying to find one that fits it. So right now it doesn't even have a bolt, and once it does, I'm going to have to reside it in anyways. So um, – I'm going to take my 22-250, which has the Aries E-T-R-E-H-D um, on it. And so I'm excited about that this weekend. There you go. And obviously we've the been, Midas Tech. Which is also an amazing. That's what's on my sixth creed. So um, amazing. Honestly, I want to try the Kronos. Don't get me wrong. I do. I do want to try that. But. I just don't know how you can get much better than what the ones we already have. <laughs> That's my point. Like, I mean, for dollar value, I know, I understand. Like, there's better, whatever, but like for the dollar value, yeah. Oh, yeah. That the, my Aries and Midas Tech, I'm I'm pretty happy with them. So, uh, check them out. Athlon Optics, find a dealer near you. Uh, Weber Outfitters, they just posted something today that they're going to be carrying the Morel targets. Yeah. Um, at least the big roller, the high, the high roller. So yeah. that's my favorite. Archery targets. Same here. Um, unless we're talking about ones that are like at your house, and then I do like another morel target better than that because it's huge uh, for my son. But I also, you know, would have to hook it to a freaking truck to to take it places. That that high roller, you can just throw it in the back of the truck and move on. So um, yep. Weber Outfitters, West. Yeah. Yep, they're checking it out. Uh, WeberOutfitters.com. Morel um, targets. Speaking of which. Um, we just talked about the big roller, uh, the big high roller. That's the one I use, which is the larger of the two. They make a, I think a 12 inch one and a 16. I could be wrong somewhere in there. Sounds right. Um, and then they just came out with their new mod pro 50, 450, uh, Mm -hmm. which I do not have yet, but I would like to procure that and try it out. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then the damn boa, which I will never forget their boa target because of the damn snake at ata yeah forget that <laughs> i did touch the snake no snakes i touched it nope. do you think i look like it. more of a man or less of a man for touching the snake i mean i'm not going to comment on your manliness but i know i ain't doing it but you were smart enough to stay away so nobody saw you barely touch it and run away so now also I kind of feel true. like it made me look like a bitch, but hey. Who, well, I mean, a little bit. If you're going to do it, you just got to be cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I touched the snake. That's all I give a shit about. Except <laughs> when its face turned right back towards me, and I was like, nope, nope, get away from me. Yeah, dude, she like started letting go of that thing as you walked over, and I was like, you better pick that thing back up. I think you specifically said, uh, it's going to mess around and get a, uh, oh, <laughs> what did you say about the broadhead you had in your hand? Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> anyway, it was funny. <laughs> Uh, Midwest Gunworks, use our code 5OFFMWW uh, for 5% off at MidwestGunworks.com. You can get a myriad of things from there. Probably actually should have checked them for the screws um, for my six Creed because I bet they did have them. And, uh, but I didn't. And not just rifles, shotguns. I mean, I think they honestly probably have more shotgun parts than they do actually rifle parts, but... Uh, and if you're building, you know, got a project, uh, one of my favorite things that they have is the bl- blueprint. Yeah, that's, you can get in there. that's awesome. If you're building an AR, AR-10, whatever it is, 
you can get in there and it has a blueprint. You click on the part you're looking for, and it will pull up a list of parts that they offer. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Um, River's Edge Tree Stands. Use our code Missouri10 for 10% off plus free shipping on any hang-ons or ladder stands. Lucky Buck Mineral. I went out and dumped. I, ha- I had one bucket left, and when I went out and pulled my cameras at uh, two of the places I hunt, I just threw mineral out. Uh, for the the deer, I see we're uh, only a month or so away. It's time yeah. to really actually ramp up the program and, and get them on the the schedule. Now's a good time to go buy that stuff, by the way, so you don't have to worry about finding it when you actually need it. Yep. Get it a little bit in advance. Uh, yep. On X, do you have something to say? Sorry, no, you're good. All right, good. On X, use our code MWW twenty for twenty percent off. We've said this for several weeks in a row, but we are burning up our OnX apps right now. Uh, every damn day, looking at different places, how we can you know do our tournament, which way we're going to go. You name it, we're on OnX a lot lately. Yep. Um, so it's I uh, started using that 3D feature. I didn't. I've never really messed with. I think Corey or somebody told yep. us about it. Yep. And, and uh, for properties I've never been to before, so using the 3D feature to get kind of a, a idea of where vantage points might be. You know what's funny is I drove by a, one of my properties today that I've only seen at night. I've only hunted there at night, and I drove oh, by it today because I'm thinking about hunting in the um, the tournament. I could have just used that 3D feature. Mm-hmm. Dumbass. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't go say it. But. Where do you turn it on? Right here. 3D map. I can't. See, I can't see it. So yeah, I got sure. it. I got it. Holy shoot! That's cool. Yeah. Pretty slick. Damn. And when you get done messing with your phone uh, for on that, you can go to Camo Fire and check out all their uh, daily deals they got there. Um, Trail Cam Tuesday. It's a thing. <laughs> I don't care what Micah says. I mean, you but, can uh, you can continue wishing. Daily deals. Da- daily deals. Kind of pumping them out. Uh, find some cool stuff on there. Um, their sister company, Black Ovis. You can use the code MWW10. For 10% off, all things hunting. I know, especially when we get ready to go out west, we hit that place up quite a bit. We're from base layers to boots to arrow builder, getting our arrows you know, set up the way we want them. Yep. Um, customized fast. Um, you know, they're going to be cutting there. They're going to be carrying uh, a lot more trophy line this year as well. Um, and yeah. I'm hoping that when the hyperlight comes out, uh, they will be carrying that and we will be procuring those items. Procuring. I like saying that. Doesn't like that word procuring. <laughs> Makes me feel smart. And then lastly, reveal cameras by Tacticam. None of mine are out anymore. I got them home, put away, tucked in bed. Um, a lot of people run theirs year round. I never have. <laughs> um, what? So, f- funny story of Tacticam. I was sitting in my office uh, two days ago, and one of my cameras started going off, and which is not uncommon. Um, you know, squirrel, deer, whatever. But it then went off again and again and again. I was like, okay, that's odd. Like, this is normally a camera that catches, if it's something, like, if it goes off, it's normally an animal. I'm not usually getting, you know, any wind or anything like that. And it's normally, there's, there's not a squirrel. It's normally coyotes or deer. Right. Like, it's usually a bigger animal that sets it off. So I pull it up, and there's people. <laughs> I got three people walking across my property. And so, uh, naturally, I'd take off, jump in the truck, and go confront them. And uh, 
I would have never known that if it wasn't, uh, you know, Tacticam they're sitting there. So, so they were they were people that um, were not supposed to be there. Well, there were surveyors. Oh. Um, that is a long story, but I had they had sent a request if they could access the property. I told them no. They did it anyway. So then we had a few words, and you know, it is what it is. So yeah. Well, at least it wasn't like a poacher, but it's nice when you know it because your camera yeah. is picking it up. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's the sponsors. Yeah, exactly. Um, we appreciate all of them and, uh, we could not do the show without them because, well, shit's expensive and my, our wives would kill us if we, uh, did this for fun. Yeah. (laughs) Did this fun. We do lost money. We do, do do it for fun, but losing money every single year would uh, probably piss them off just to talk on the old podcast world. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. But Hey, wouldn't be the first time we did something stupid. Won't be last either. Yep. All right. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about our show yet today. Who we're having on? Oh yeah, shoot. It's uh 15 minutes into this. Dear Lord, we're having Joey Hartley with Mangy Dog. Mangy Dog TV is on with us today. Uh, you're gonna hear him. Um, we're gonna talk about basically the differences between Joey, the way he hunts when he's got his dog Rip with him, and when he, he just hunts by himself. We talk about that. Uh, we talk about. <laughs> Uh, the myth Little caveats the, on his dog. Yep. The caveats, the, the myth and the legend of coyote dogs, uh, koi yep. dogs as they call them. And then, uh, we also talk about, uh, Joey's least favorite coyote round, which we forgot to ask big Al, but maybe all right. not everybody's perfect. You know what I'm saying? No, but Joey's just, I mean, he's, we even kept going like, honestly, after we turned the show off and, and talking coyote hunting, he's a plethora of knowledge. I mean, he knows more about coyotes He's forgotten more than I know. I can tell you that. And uh, well, you got to think about checked out his YouTube. Out of all the coyote hunters out there, he has seen per like minutes of actual dogs. He's had to have seen more than anybody. Oh, I could believe it with with him and Rip out there. Yeah, um, and then coyote behavior. He's just got a, such a unique perspective of it that I, I like talking to him and like hearing his perspective of you know what the coyotes are doing and different things. And we talk about some of that there. If, if he puts that and paints some pictures that you don't think about sometimes. So yeah, no doubt, um, no doubt. So it's a good show. And you were saying about his YouTube, Andy. Yeah. If you guys aren't checking out his YouTube, Mangy dog TV, and you like coyote hunting, you like coyotes, um, you're missing out. So yeah, jump on there, give him a, a subscribe and watch some videos. Yeah. And the other cool thing about the, what he does is, you know, which you don't see a lot in the outdoor world is the, a lot of his hunting is Joey, his wife, Kylie and their son, Brick, you know, like yeah. they're always together and it, you know, like a family that hunts together stays together or whatever, you know, the staying saying is, um, <laughs> For the other, well, thing, they got but, their family pet. I mean, that participates in it, honestly. Also, yeah, too. for I sure. Mean, Rip, Rip is a house dog for him, and uh, he's a family pet to him, and a working dog. Yeah. We talk about working dogs quite a bit, and, and uh, I don't know. It's just a cool, cool guy, cool family, cool, cool all the way around. Yep, for sure. All right, well, let's get cool. into our show today with Joey. What? Cool. Uh, cuckoo. <laughs> Let's get into our show today with uh, uh, Joey Hartley of Mangy Dog TV. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast.
All right, with us tonight, we got a hell of a treat. We got returning guest uh, and guest who it's been too long since the last time he was on, but we got our, our old friend Joey Hartley with Mangy Dog TV on. Joey, what's up, dude? Hey, man, how you guys doing? Doing well. We're doing, doing all right. Well. Won't complain. Doing all right. Well. It's night season here, thermal season, as we say in Missouri, where we get the two months to to do some some stuff at night. So we've been uh, we've been you know we're we're hitting it a little slower than we did last year. You notice that, Andy? I feel like I'm hitting it just as hard, but uh, not having near the amount of success I did last year. And then we were uh, intelligent and got a puppy. <laughs> during this time frame so i have not slept in i don't know how many days right now <laughs> i get that it's nice season here too you do do you do any of that no i'm scared of the dark <laughs> yeah sure you are when is <laughs> when is you're in kentucky right yeah uh when is when is uh thermal season for you guys when's that run Man, don't quote me on it because I, I don't really dabble with it, but it opens December, runs through, I think, uh, March, but it's out when there's like a gun deer season, like late muzzleloader. It comes oh, out. Period. And then um, I think the shotgun season runs through a little bit longer, and then we have a summer night season now too. Oh, damn. So you guys got really? quite a few options for that. We got eight weeks, and that's it. They give you a February and March, and then you're done. But, yep. you know, it's fun. Uh, but I've noticed I feel older this year than last year. Like, we'll, we'll hunt till midnight or 1 o'clock, and then I'm it's, done. I'm done the next night. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm not going. Man, I used to uh, I used to get off work at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, go to the gym, come home, sleep for a half hour, wake up, drive an hour to hunt, come home, sleep for a half hour, go back to work and do it all again. And now, no, we're we're way too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. I hear you. It happens. It's this thing called age, and he he waits for no man. Uh, Father time will wait for nobody, Willie. But uh, Andy, before we recorded, you asked Joey something. I told you to stop. So ask it again. Oh. Yeah. So so for those of you listening and not watching, back behind Joey, I can see something hanging on the wall. It's not a deer. Joey, what what the hell is that? It's a a dead mount that we got done with this coyote. Um, the video, the initial interaction with this coyote, the video is from probably four or five years ago. I ended up missing it a couple times on video, and um, my buddy missed it around the same time span. Within you know under a mile of where I missed it at, and then. For three or so years after that, I'd always run a denning season camera in this one spot that is within a mile of all those misses. And that coyote would be on that camera every summer. So we hunted it and um, never saw it. Then we ended up going to the other side of the road to hunt a farm that we've never killed a coyote on. And that one and a normal colored coyote came in decoyed like first week of September. We got them both killed on film, so it was a cool Absolutely. way to kind of wrap up if that coyote, get decoy, do it on film. Yeah. So, not not only for the people who can't see it, is is this just a you know a hanging mount coyote? This is a black coyote. Like, there's a little bit of brown, but I would say it's ninety five percent black. Which 
for those of you who don't know, is like a unicorn. I mean, it's rare. There, there's yeah. a few. There's a few around, but very few people get a chance. Not only to see one, but to shoot at one, to get a second opportunity to shoot at one, to decoy one. Like the the rarity of what Joey just talked about, of the type of coyote he just did that to, is unheard of, in my opinion. I mean, that's that's rare. That's what makes that mount and that story that much more badass. Is I've never even probably I've never even seen a people. color phase. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen one from a truck. Yeah, driving and. I'd never seen it again, of course, but that's badass, man. How how, rec- how old do you reckon that that dog was? Man, I don't know, but I know um, the taxidermist said he had to take like a a wolf pup mount and trim it down because it wouldn't fit the coyote bases. I was gonna say that mount makes him big look big. Was. Yeah, that, yeah, Andy. Sorry, that thing's huge. Did you weigh it? No, I, no I didn't. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to say, but it looks just the way that mount is. And once again, some people can't see it, and Joey showed everybody on the YouTube side of it. But you know, it looks like a big. I mean, honestly, it looks like my dog, Trigger. <laughs> you know that German okay, so, Shepherd. So not to get in. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It looks like a size of a German Shepherd. You can tell it's a coyote, but I mean, right. Not to get in an immediate rabbit hole, but I want Joey's opinion. Do you believe in koi dogs or no? Some people say absolutely not, don't exist, doesn't happen. Some people say yes. I don't personally. I have, I don't have enough knowledge to have an opinion. I feel like, but so what's Joey's opinion? I've got a thing with nature where you never say always or never. You know, That's very true. It's very unlikely to have a coyote and dog breed in the wild. Um, I mean, look at what we do with decoy and. The dogs and cops don't get along, but it's absolutely possible. Yeah. But the thing is, these uh, suspected toy dogs are always color phase coyotes. You know, mm-hmm. normal coyote like black bears, you get different color phases. Um, you know, like cinnamon blonde, all that. These coyotes, especially eastern coyotes, do the same thing. I've killed blonde coyotes, um, black coyotes, red coyotes. You know, if you get a dog and coyote that breed, you're not going to end up with a cookie cutter coyote that just happens to have different hair color. You're going to have just like, if you breed two different dogs, you know, you're going to have a canine that has features from both of those. You know, you kill a coyote that's got floppy ears. Right. Um, we might start talking about stuff, but right. if it's just a coyote that happens to be different color, that's a color phase coyote. Well, and you ever Pretty notice true. The, the the thing I, I'm not I'm kind of like Joey I don't ever want to say never or always but the thing I I kind of call bullshit on is you ever notice when people say oh that's a koi dog it's always a freaking gorgeous koi dog it's never just some basic ass looking coyote looking dog it's, it's always, always oh big ones. it's always gorgeous and huge and looks like a wolf yeah. isn't that funny you know like it's probably because it's you know a, a color phased coyote you know because they, that's they, they never breed the yorkie it's always the german shepherd <laughs> yeah it's always yeah. this freaking gorgeous you know monarch looking german shepherd type like well or it could just be a color face coyote and that's why you think yeah, it's so true. beautiful but very true and and i don't know um there are some areas of america that i've heard that have more color phase dogs than others um i don't know how true that is but like you killed him, obviously. You've killed blonde dogs. Do you see quite a few 
in your general area or is it just pretty rare to see something like that? No, um, you know, a lot of variables, you can get like your completely black color phase ones like that, that have like a, a white right. collar on them and stuff. Um, blonde, red, like a brindle, you know, it's just Eastern coyotes. And then like, I've seen a lot of guys in like Alabama killing a lot of black coyotes, but it's going to be in pockets because it's a genetic disposition. Right. So when, you know, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's receptive, but if you're breeding those coyotes, they have a chance to, to do that. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, uh, my, my German shepherd, he was a standing stud dog for a pretty well-known German shepherd, uh, DDR German shepherd breeder back in when he was still alive. And he had the black recessive gene in him, right? So he wasn't a black German shepherd. He was a black sable German shepherd, but he could throw black puppies. So he could have, he could have a puppy with another, you know, sable German shepherd and they could have five black puppies. And it's because he had that gene. Well, if he didn't have that gene, then he would never have a black puppy unless the female had that gene. And if the entire, if the entire uh, stock of German shepherds she had didn't have black genes, then they wouldn't have a single black German shepherd. But since they had it, it was more likely that they would have those dogs. And it's got to be the same thing with coyotes, you would think. Right. So, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just uh, agreeing. So, so how, I don't know how long ago was that was, was ripped the dog that uh, you decoyed him with or. Yeah. Um, Kylie freaked out because, like, I got pretty pumped up about that black coyote coming out. And she's like, don't shoot that coyote. We, we have to make sure they decoy. And it was like, you know, September, <laughs> they might not decoy. Right. But um, they did. You know, they didn't decoy real hard. Um, we got him killed first. And uh, Rip got on him, and the female came up and, um, you know, got off the rip a little bit. But it, it was a good hunt. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm at, is, it, is it on your YouTube I'll have to go um, find it. It was probably two or two years ago. Yeah, it was Rip's first summer, I think. So two years. Nice. Yeah. Which we'll tag Joey's stuff. I need to go back and rewatch a lot of your stuff because I've yeah I've watched most of it, but I haven't. I, I have watched pretty much every damn game. episode. Uh, he's yeah. the him him and well John you know started doing fur takers again. Um, uh, John Collins. So I'm pretty religious with that when they come out now. But before that, the only person that I would watch pretty much every episode when it came out was was Joey's shit, just because yeah. it's it's the only one you can really find that you know I relate to at least, mostly because I I probably know you too. But I was just on your YouTube before we got on watching your last show, and dude, you got one hundred and forty five thousand followers! Freaking congratulations! Yeah, man, thanks. Um, you know it absolutely took off and i'm gonna blame rip for that you know more people than they actually know me which is fine um but rip's been spearheading that definitely we're excited we've got a bunch of uh out state hunts planned for this summer just a plan on making it an absolutely killer summer yeah well you need to watch out we're on your ass we're at 117 as of this morning so That's period, no thousand behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we are, uh, we just started doing the, uh, we actually, 
I had I didn't touch YouTube for a long time. We finally started putting our shows on YouTube, but that's pretty much all we're doing right now on YouTube. And I don't have any plans on filming because uh, my wife doesn't give two shits about coyote hunting, and she will not go out with me and do any of that sort of stuff. So, uh, and Andy doesn't want to go out and film for me, and I don't want to go out and film for Andy. So we're just gonna go keep hunting, and we're gonna just do this the podcast and talk about it. But uh, if you if you don't have a passion to film the hunts. You- just don't do it. Yep, that's you know? that's how I've been. It adds yep. to it, but I, I wouldn't do it. I like it. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I do a little filming. I think you you might know him, but Austin Allenball is my cousin, and he has uh, we hunt with him sometimes, Kyle hunting, but he has a, a decoy dog as well, and uh, he goes live on Facebook a lot of times with him. Uh, as opposed to filming. So we kind of go back and forth of whether we want to actually film film it or just keep doing that and not worry about it. If we get it, great. If not, we're still killing coyotes and we're having fun. So it's more for the fun of it type deal. And uh, I don't know. I can definitely understand the adrenaline rush of it. And I, a lot of times if I'm with him, and then for people who have never seen this, I mean, your your channel is, I mean, the prime example of anyone I know to to be able to go watch how this works. I have to take my phone out of my pocket and do it or else I get antsy trying to watch that dog work a coyote. I just, I got, I got need to shoot that coyote. I just go run away and you shoot the coyote. Like I start panicking. It's like, Nope, just film it. So I just hold my phone and film it. So I don't even think about trying to shoot it until Austin says, all right, we can take that one. And so then, <laughs> then I put the phone down, and shoot coyote. Yeah. Yeah. For our listeners, uh, Austin, who you've heard on our show several times, I think Joey helped Austin quite a bit. Uh, when he got his dog mm-hmm. and um, uh, at least Austin told me you, you helped him a lot with, uh, with his dog when he got him. So um, I have not seen it yet. I'm planning on it this summer. We're hopefully going to get a little trip in and, and get to see it work. But uh, Andy's done it several times and, and uh, I'd like to definitely check it out, but I can see what you mean because as a coyote hunter, if you don't, if you're not decoy dogging, you let the dog come in. Obviously, if it's working, you're going to let it come to where you got a good shot or if it's, you know, working in closer, you don't want to just shoot him the second you see him. But, yeah, you're not, like, you're not watching that, that coyote for 15 minutes. Sometimes, like, you see on, you know, the the Joey's uh, show and, Andy, what you've told me you've done with Austin, you don't, you don't see that happen almost ever, you know. The dog comes in, it stops, gives you a shot, you, you take it, it's dead. Whereas, you know, decoy dogging is, is a different game, man. You get to see so much awesome action because the coyotes are so uh, distracted, I guess you'd call it, by the by Rip and, and uh, what is it, Tate? Tate, right? Austin's dog? Can you hear me, Andy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. But uh, yep. anyways, um, 15 minutes into the show, let's tell you what we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk to Joey today, today about, uh, you know, the difference in when he hunts with Rip and when he doesn't, uh, how often it is. Uh, he was just telling us about um, using them right now uh, during uh, breeding season and uh, that sort of stuff. And we kind of touched on it on our last show with Joey, which I'd have to look up what show number that is. But people, if you didn't listen to it, you should go back and listen to it. But um, we, we actually recorded that show with Joey uh, at work, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so, um, that was a pretty cool one. And that's kind of what we're going to touch on tonight is just the differences because a vast majority of the people out there listening 
don't have a, a decoy dog, but I think it's, it's very interesting to them. Um, so right now you're with rip on stands right now, but how often throughout the year would you say you are with the dog and when you're, and, and how, how often are you not with them? So for the rundown of the year, um, April, we start hunting or have rip or have him with us through about mid September. And then we're putting them up and then we're bringing them back out. Um, breeding season, you know, we've had coyotes for first day of January. Um, normally it's better mid February, but, um, we're pretty much, you know, we don't hunt March. Um, so October, November, December, and part of January, we might not have a dog out for decoying unless we take cash just to have him hang out with us. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess a good portion of the season, at least what, like 65% of your season, you're with rip and cash depending on the stand. But, um, when you're not with them, so when you're hunting coyotes, you know, like the old fashioned way, we'll call it. Are you approaching when you, when you set up with, with the dogs compared to when you're setting up without them? What is different? Like, how are you approaching a, a hunt differently when you don't have them? Is there things that totally change for you, or or what's it look like for you? Honestly, um, the overall stand selection is the same. Um, the way we break the stand down, we set up, all that's the same. I might be more particular about where I place the call for not decoying, just because, you know, I'm playing with those coyotes, working a call against them with them working the wind stuff like that but um overall sand selection is pretty much the same i might get a little lazy when we're decoying and not be as particular about like how well hidden we are so that's about it do you i mean that makes sense we've obviously watched and you know the the freaking coyotes can run right by you and sometimes not notice you but do you from time to time do you ever get busted by them like when they're working with the dogs yeah um you can tell like you can watch them and they're look at you and like her body posture will change a little bit when they realize you're there and then a lot of times they're shy away a little bit but i mean we've honestly chased coyotes through fields with rip like the fields overgrown we can't get a shot. Rip's working them. Coyote gets behind us. And we just pick up and walk um, through the field while Rip's working the coyote to get to a spot to where we can shoot and film. You know, if a coyote's going Yeah, if a coyote's like in it and he's working, dude, you can do so much. You can get away with so much. Um, and they're coming back because of the dog. You're like, uh, you're concerned number five on their list. They're so worried about him. That, you know, they know you're there. I, most of the time, like you said, they'll their posture might change, but it's almost like, um, oh, shit, I don't even know how to, like, put it into it. I mean, okay, yeah, there's a python outside my, my back door, and I don't want to get eaten by it, but there's a freaking lion inside my house. So I'm, I'm more worried about the damn lion in my house trying to kill me. He's so worried about that, about Rip, that they just – for the most part, seem like they just tend to ignore you uh, even once they've noticed you. 
you know, we were walking through a field one day and Kyle was in the field and I was like, Oh crap. Like, how are we going to play this? And I look up and mikhail has gone. Mikhail is already off the hill running towards us because it saw rip. So we just sat down. Damn. You know, um, we killed a coyote last breeding season. The other one got away. And, like, we called for a couple of minutes, didn't come back. So we walked the 200 yards through the field to pick this coyote up. The other coyote started running back in barking. And that coyote watched us run 100, 200 yards back to the gun. And he still came in and worked. Gosh, thank you. I've told people before, like, they ask what it's like, you know, having that, you know, doing it. And I said, I really think I could start doing jumping jacks and the coyote wouldn't care. It would yeah, still yeah. sit there and focus on, on the dog. If you got the right coyote, you have to kill it or it won't leave. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's an adrenaline rush, that's for sure. What about um what about sounds? When you have rip, do you do you do anything differently about the way you're calling when, when you're just by yourself without the dogs? Or or is it pretty much the same type of depending on the the time of year obviously you're going to do things a little differently but do you pretty much use the same sounds or are you switching that up a little bit too so if i got rip we are 100% cow based sounds cuz we're wanting a cow to come in that's aggressive that's mad um expecting to have an issue when it shows up you know um you can get some to work a little bit if like they come into prey stress, but it's not likely. And the ones that will work won't work to the level that we want to see them work at. So we're straight coyote based sounds with the dogs and, um, without the dogs is normally when we're running prey stress pretty heavy. And that's also when I step back and Kylie and brick alternate who's shooting. <clears throat> right. That's a good point. Uh, do you think it's got to do with like, um, let's say you had the dogs and you were doing prey distress and a coyote comes into it. Is it not expecting, it's not expecting a dog to be there, you know, cause it's, it's a rabbit in distress. And so it, does it, is it maybe something that just takes them aback? Like, Oh shit. What, what just happened? Uh, I've got a freaking dog here. Now I'm, I'm dealing with, um, even if like it, could it still be a, a aggressive coyote, but it just at that moment wasn't in that mind frame of I'm going to, you know, deal with these coyotes. It was going to go deal with a rabbit. So it, it just takes them back. Or, or what do you think the whole deal is with that when, you know, they just don't work as hard with that? I think it's because, um, you know, they're not wanting to risk it over a rabbit or some type of prey distress. You know, they don't want to risk the interaction. It's not worth it to them. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't think of that that way. I was just kind of thinking vocals of vocals like, and you know coyote based sounds. With vocals and coyote based sounds, you know they're they're coming in, you know, to fight. They're territorial. They're not looking for a meal. They're once like they're not hungry enough to risk their life for, but they might be pissed off enough to go fight somebody for it. Yeah, yeah, they know what's coming. I mean, or they know what they're going to at that point, at least. Right. It kind of like once again, like if, if you're walking through your house and all of a sudden the dude's standing in your living room wanting to fight you like oh shit i wasn't expecting this but if he calls you on the phone and says i'm on my way over to fight you got time to get ready mentally it's it's time to go you know but um 
And then I would call Joey and be like, Joey, can you get to my house real quick? Uh, I got a guy coming to fight me, <laughs> and uh, I need some help. Mm-hmm. I'm a pacifist. <laughs> hey, you you did your you did your time with the fighting stuff. Nothing you said just made sense, but it's fine. <laughs> when does it ever? I hope you're not talking to Joey though. It, you know it's me. Uh, and then so we far behind. It was definitely you. <laughs> We were talking about this before we started. Um, you were talking because you're using RIP right now, you know, kind of during breeding season. And when you get a coyote that bitches out on a stand, you know, whatever you want to call it, boogers, boogers, or, you know, just doesn't want to work. Do you feel like that dog is educated where, you know, like if you were, if I was just hunting by myself, you know, you and I were out hunting, and we had two coyotes come in, and they caught our wind, and they busted us. Those coyotes are now educated, right? Those coyotes just got harder to kill moving forward. If you have a stand with rip where, you know, the coyotes just bitch out for whatever reason, they just didn't want to work or whatever happened, do you feel like those dog, those coyotes are educated, or are they just... Like, wh- how, how do you handle that after that happens? All right. So, I'll tell you a quick story, and then um, I'll give you my exact answer. Last summer, we called in a triple. They worked for, like, four minutes and then left. I didn't kill any of them. Um, I knew where they were going because pups responded to our house. We moved probably the way the crow flies 300 yards, but that put us like a hundred yards from where the pups were. Um, I called two of those three coyotes back in and killed them. Like, I mean, I'm talking about like we picked up and just walked over. I was going to say right then. We didn't go back. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I don't think they're educated at all. You know, if you call these coyotes into, let's say pup stress, they show up and see a dog they showed up to what they expected to see. They just realized they weren't about it, you know, so they yeah. left. Um, they're not going to ignore pup distress for the rest of their life, or they won't ignore it next week. Yeah. You know, um, it's just they, they basically they didn't get spooked by you as a person. They got spooked by the natural environment of seeing a dog there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see them being educated at all. Um and we've done a lot of wild stuff with dogs. Like, dude, it doesn't make sense. Um, last summer, we called in a double. One of them worked. The other one just kind of fed off of that one. You know, it was like mm-hmm. a foot behind it. We killed the aggressive one because um, the other one already left. It didn't hang around very long. <laughs> so it left. As we're packing up, that coyote howled from the woods. I told Kylie, I was like, we can kill that coyote. She's like, there's no way. We moved across the fence, like from where we were sitting to where we set up was probably a hundred yards, just a different field. I howled, coyote responded, did a pair howl, coyote came in the field, Kylie shot it. You know, that's, that's not what an educated coyote does. No, no. And that was, that was my theory. Like, if, if you're, let's say you're attempting to be a, you know, you don't have a dog with you. You're just doing prey distress or whatever else. Coyote comes into your calls, sees you, smells you, one of the two, right? 
you totally fucked that up. Like, he came into what he thought was going on, smelled a human, didn't see a coyote, didn't see a rabbit. You know, he put he put that puzzle together, right? Seems like to me, when you're decoy dogging, they come in, they work the dog. Like you said, they're not about it. They bitch out. They leave. Well, just like you said, they, they saw what they expected to see. So nothing, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Like nothing really changed in their life to be like, hey, I was just hunted. They didn't put two and two together that there was danger sitting, you know, behind a rifle 250 yards up the hill or whatever. Even if they see you, they still didn't put that puzzle together. They were in the middle of a an interaction with an actual dog, right? So that was my theory is that educating dogs um, is, I guess, harder to do when you've got, you know, Rip with you because he's kind of entertaining them and and showing them that the this buffer. is he's the he's that buffer yeah he this is you're I'm, you're showing up to what exactly you thought i was i was trying to be um which has got to be nice because dude i freaking the longer we coyote hunt every time we we bust you know we screw up or like that that quad we had come in the first night of thermal season and we fucked it up like i'm just like shit i just made it really hard to kill four freaking dogs the rest of the year coyotes i gotta stop saying dogs when we're talking about dogs um this you know what i'm saying whereas like if if i had a dog with me and i fucked up on a quad for whatever reason i feel better about it at least but um that's i don't know that was that was one i've been meaning to ask you for a long time is if you mess up do you really feel like you messed up you know what i'm saying like if dogs get away is it really that big a deal to you because you feel like you can get on them again next week or the week after whenever you're back, you know, through that area. Yeah. I'm not, I don't worry about it. Um, the thing that irritates me is when you get set up really close to a den site and you call in the quad and none of them work and then they move the pups. Yeah. Um, but you know, those, a lot of these cows mm. run away from the dogs. They're just not aggressive. So like, we're not going to be aggressive next week. We're not going to be aggressive two weeks from now. Um, you know, it's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah. And and those dogs are going to be harder to call anyways. Go ahead, Andy. All right. From your, from your experience, when they move pups like that, how far are you seeing them move? You mentioned in that story before that they move that den site. Um, on average, I mean, if they move, how do you have any grasp of, like, what that looks like i guess i've never been able to relocate a den site that got moved because like we did something like exactly where it went um the best i've got is how far pups move once july or so hits you know because like we're always have the pups like in this holler in uh, may and then in mm-hmm. july they're a mile away on the other side of the farm. And you just got to remember, they've got legs. Like, these dudes like to travel. Um, but for, like, actually busting a den site, you know, um, I'd like to think they don't move far, but that one that I just mentioned with that quad, I don't know where they ended up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it could have been 250 yards up the hall or you would have really never known unless you walked right on top of them, I guess, or heard the pups very soon after that. But it's hard to say. So it makes it, I mean, it really makes you think it's a long ways because if you're not, you know, hearing relocating them fairly easy, to me, it makes it feel like that they're, it's a substantial ways. Yeah. Um, that farm where they den last summer was different from where they den the last four summers, which I've seen that, you know, you put pressure on coyotes consistently year after year. And a lot of times they will switch the way they use the farm if you're not killing all those coyotes. Um, but then the new spot they did wasn't that far off. So when they moved, I thought they'd move back to the spot they normally didn't at, but they didn't. Hmm. That's interesting. I've never really like talked through like their denning process and their, you know, their farm usage and thought of it from that perspective of them changing. Cause that, I, I put that in perspective of what I'm seeing calling this year is I'm having a bad year, honestly calling from, from my belief but I'm doing things a lot of times the same way. I'm I'm trying to use farms the same way I've always used them. And maybe I need to start changing it up because the coyotes are changing the way they're using the farm. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too, but you know, when you're having a bad year or a bad month, no one ever wants to change what they're doing, but that's silly at the same time. Cause what you're doing is not working. Like I said, I do it all the time. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we're like that, but well, I mean, we're guilt. Like, think of a think of a farm, right? Like, let's say it's an eighty acre piece or something. You've got a spot that you can see the best. You can get your shots off. You you know, if it's a southwest wind, this is a perfect spot or whatever. Like, we've all got that those spots on farms where we're like, listen, this fence row is the best place, and you don't want to go sit anywhere else. Because if you had success there, yeah, if you move on the other side, then you can only see 60 yards down this way and 80 yards that way. But that just, I mean, Joey makes a great point that actually might kill coyotes because, especially like the way me and Andy hunt 99% of the time, we don't have dogs. So if we fuck up dogs, it's a, is a decent chance that we educated them somehow, unless, you know, we, we didn't. But if we did, then, why would they go back to a call in that same exact spot, you know, in that same situation? Uh, maybe if we moved, you know, 150 yards across the the fence line or whatever, they don't even put two and two together anymore. But it's 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 natural for hunters to do what has worked for them in the past, even if it's not working right now. Um, because, I mean, we're all inherently lazy aren't we like that's just kind of natural for us to say this is what is easiest for me to do today so i'm gonna do it i don't know maybe that's and joey makes a good point (laughs) maybe we should uh think outside the box you know on those those farms that we're having issues with um maybe say hey instead of approach like we've always hunted this with a south wind let's figure out how to hunt it with a north wind this time you know make it Make it to where the the coyotes aren't don't see it coming or something. I you know I don't know. That's a good point. Thoughts? Right. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe take me I'd take a step back and and look at it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, perfect example. We've got a farm that we always kill in this one spot. Last summer, I mean, it's like you would bet money on it, but no coyotes showed up. So we just went to the other side that we've never killed coyotes on and called in a quad within 30 seconds. You know, and then went back and two weeks later called in one of those coyotes that we didn't kill. It's just um, just the way it goes. You know, those coyotes will adapt to the pressure you're putting on them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think John said that. We had him on a few weeks ago, and that, that's kind of what he said. You know, like, they will respond to the pressure put on them. You know, they're not – I mean, think of think of your dog, like Rip in this situation, or Andy's – well, your dumbass puppy. There's no way it's smart yet. <laughs> it, can't, it can't keep from pissing in the house right now. But, yeah, uh, you know, think of most dogs, like, they're smart as shit. And a coyote would put them to shame as far as being smart because not only are they smart, they also don't want to die. They have to survive out in the, wil- the wild. And, um, you know, you put pressure on them, they're going to respond to it um, to their advantage. So then you got to do things differently. And it, it uh, yeah, it's hard for me to do sometimes because – like, I'm like, hey, this is how I get into this farm. This is the way you do it. When maybe we need to park the truck on the road and hop a fence and go around a different way or something. It's just, uh, yeah, that's a good point. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Um, what else about the dogs, Andy, that are you kind of curious about? I mean, the biggest thing I was curious about is, you know, if Joey really, like, if, if you do anything differently. And it sounds like, I mean, here and there you might change up maybe the way you cover yourself if you don't have rip with you. Um, but for the most part, other than, you know, when you're with the dogs, you're using only coyote vocals. And, you know, when you're without them, obviously you'll use prey distress. But for the most part, I mean, you're hunting very similar with or without him. Um, yeah, the basics stay the same, you know, um, have a solid stand set up. I like to have a back- backdrop, your wind, all that. We're not throwing any of the basics out the window just because we have a dog. What, uh, how old is Rip? Uh, he'll be three this spring. Oh, shit. You got plenty of time with him then. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's so young and, um, you know, everybody thinks her dog's the best dog. Um, I don't think he's the best in the world, but like he's pretty good, especially for his age. <laughs> right. He's pretty good watching them videos, man. Um, I'm happy with him. I'm excited to breed him here in a couple of years, hopefully. There you go. So, so is that your plan? Are you going to breed him and bring up one of his sons or daughters to do the same thing? I'm a, I'm weird. Like, I want to keep Rip's genetics my whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So, and. You know, um, having decided yet if we're gonna like breed, then get pick a litter, or just get a female pup, raise it, and breed it like that. But then I end up with a whole litter of pups, right? And it seems because then you gotta like figure out who they're going to and all that, right? And what breed is Rip again? Rip's half Idaho Shag, quarter Jag Terrier, and quarter Donovan Pincher. I have not heard of a single one of those dogs. I don't think. Okay. <laughs> and same thing with like uh Very nice. Tate. I I don't I never heard of him or what he is before, but I mean Black that's Mouth what you Kerr. Yeah. That's what you get yeah. with uh working dogs. Uh Blackmouth Curves have been real popular 
for a lot of different um, things forever, but you're, you're going to open up a big can of worms. Um, Idaho Shags, a livestock dog that was originated in Idaho. And, um, you know, the working side of that line is still very much alive, especially in Idaho. Then a Jag Terrier is like this little terrier that thinks it could bite a grizzly bear. You know, just <laughs> it, if it's got fur, it wants to bite it. And um, Diamond Pinscher is like a designer bite dog that's relatively new um, in the grand scheme of dog breeds. Okay. That is just it's like if you look at like a Mal, envision that, but like a little more stocky. You know, it's got a lot of like mastiff um, stuff like that in it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. No, I think that's. I mean, I love the idea of what you're thinking about with you know breeding him down the road. I'm I'm in the same boat uh, with my dog. He, like I said, it was a standing stud, and he's got frozen semen with that kennel. And whenever she decides to breed him with another DDR female, my plan is to have one of his sons, you know, at, at some point. But I had someone, I can't remember who the hell it was, told me, be careful what you wish for because you will always compare their sons or daughters to them and they'll never be good enough. That's what someone said. They'll never be good enough because Rip is the best dog you've ever had and, you know, Trigger was the best dog I ever had and you'll always compare those those dogs and their shortcomings to the first one, which I don't know how true that is. I don't think I'd give a shit, but maybe you do. You guys I, think I can I teach that. a mini? Oh, sorry. I get that, but um, at the same time, like for a normal house dog, like, yeah, sure, but I'm decoying. It doesn't matter who the dog comes from. It's going to get compared to Rip. Right. That's just, I mean, that's kind of my, my thought is, well, it's still going to be doing the same thing, so he's going to compare it naturally to the last dog he had. Or, the you know, Rip could be the worst damn dog in the world. You're still going to compare the next dog to him because that's the last dog you had working. I mean, it's kind of natural. What what do you want that damn – I was going to say, do you guys think I can get a mini golden noodle to decoy? <laughs> I, yeah. I think you'd be lucky if you got a mini golden noodle to eat out of its food bowl. <laughs> no, that is no shit. You could get that dog to decoy one time because it wouldn't make it out of the woods. To, <laughs> I think I could get it to call a coyote. If I just put it outside and it whines enough, I can uh, call one right to the front porch. I'm scared to see how much you paid for that dog. I I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I am too, man. Oh, shit. I left that to the wife and kids. Uh, that was, yeah. I don't feel, I am not envious of you. That's the whole reason why we haven't got another German Shepherd of his of his lineage because i don't want to dig with a puppy right now uh i've always had like golden retrievers and uh you know i had a german shepherd before i always had big dogs farm dogs you know around and now i got a mini golden doodle and i just i don't know how to handle it you know rip lives in the house um that's not very common with the working dogs or decoy dogs but if you get a halfway intelligent dog, like your potty training is not bad, you know, like, no, I don't think he ever peed or pooped in the house. No. The only time trigger did is when he got sick and My he couldn't help an it. Idiot because, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he got sick one time and and he had a rough night, but that wasn't really his fault. He was sick as shit. So, um, but yeah, I mean, smart dogs, they'll figure it out. And that little lap dog of yours, Andy, will will figure it out too. I'm guessing. How big is that damn thing supposed to get? I keep getting uh, 25, 35 pounds max. Like I keep getting in trouble because the dog's name is Charlie, and I keep calling it Bougie. And my daughter is getting pissed. <laughs> she keeps throwing <laughs> things at me every time I call the dog Bougie. But the dog has started to come to me whenever I say, come here, Bougie. And here it comes. Does it have a bedazzled uh, collar? That's all I want to know. Oh, it's got a nice nice pink collar and all that good jazz. <laughs> uh, where's the, So who? which store did you stop by to turn in your man card when you were on your way to get that dog? Oh, I just, I, it just got ripped right out of my hands, man. I didn't even stop and turn it in. <laughs> but... No, it's all good. I'm getting the same pressure. Not for that type of dog, but my 10-year-old boy wants another dog, which is 100% understandable, right? A boy's supposed to have a dog. I get it. But my wife's like, well, but he doesn't want a dog like Trigger who couldn't get on his lap. You know, Trigger was 100 pounds. You know, he he wants... I'll hook you up, man. He wants a, a lap dog. I said, the day I get a lap dog is the day I'm moving out of this house. I'm telling <laughs> you right He's like, I can't talk to these guys anymore. <laughs> Get him a, a working line Jag. It's like a 20, 25-pound dog. Is it really? Hmm. Yeah, you can send it down coon holes, um, groundhog holes, you know, just have fun with it. Like, you could do that. That's the way I've always been. The dog's supposed to have a purpose, right? It's there's, it's supposed to do something. There's guys that decoy with them, so. All right. That's cool. Uh, Andy, any other questions about uh, – that's the thought, man. About uh, decoy dogging I, and, and what Joey's doing? I, th- I think I know the answer to this, but I think it's good for listeners to hear. Like, you, you know, you, you start in breeding season and you really run kind of all through the summer. What is your favorite time of year to, to use rip and to decoy? Um, Honestly, April through mid-September. You know, you have – it's really highly dependent. It's not like one month are always going to work better. Um, just denning season in a, all is going to give you your more aggressive coyotes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I agree. I did think of one last question for Joey, and he's not even prepared for this because we didn't bring this up. We asked, well, I have, what? Yeah, I, I it's probably the same question I was thinking of, and I was it's it's not dog yeah. related. No, so it's not. It yet. We asked uh, John Collins this. We asked uh, uh, Corey Groff this. We forgot to ask Big Al, although he kind of answered it for Wolves this last week. I think Big Al would have had a different answer, and I'll tell you after. 100%, Joey, I think he would have. Joey, what is your least favorite coyote round? All right, cool. I thought you were going like, to ask about politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. Big Al took care of that Big last Al week. Big Al took care of that, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man, um, I haven't listened to that episode yet, but – I would get you guys canceled in a heartbeat. Oh, he he! Um, I, I think he's close. I loved it. Hey, we're fine. <laughs> and guess what? I did not edit one second of that out either. It all got put in. So, the issue is I'm very intense, and I have a how do you say? A, um, in my mind, I have a very well thought out plan on how to fix the issues our country faces. And that's wrong with that, man. Um, but so I think I'll go with uh, what I have shot personally. I'd say it's uh, 204. 
because I've shot quite a few different calibers in the coyotes. <laughs> and what I noticed about the 204 was I would hit coyotes like perfect in the middle of the shoulder and they will lay there and flop for 30 seconds. And that just shows an obvious lack of lethality on the end of that round compared to, you know, I mean, I've shot them with the 204, 223, 243, 2250, 65, 22 Creed. Um, I think that's all. But the 204 performed the worst out of all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, you, I don't, you don't I'm really, losing at the moment now. You didn't hunt that with that anymore, though. I mean, you haven't hunted with that for a long time. It's been, it's been a yeah. little bit, but when I first kind of started coyote hunting, that's what I was using. Yeah. So that was my first, uh, like, legitimate, dedicated Cali rifle was a 204. Yeah. Yep. You know where I moved to a 243 now. I'm a big 243 fan. So, what, yeah. what are you, what's your favorite you're running right now? Um, so Brick runs a 243 and it's been hammering coyotes. Um, but I'm shooting a 22 Creed right now, and I love it because I've never lost a coyote. Nice. I've I've made some less than optimal shots without rip, so he's not there to, you know, catch him. And I still haven't lost any. Yeah, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about that that round. Um, that's pretty sweet because yeah. that's pushing. If you guys know any rifle builders, I'm looking at building a six creed to see what that's like. So, um, there you go. F- have you talked to Corey Groff about that? Do you know Corey? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a couple of feelers out trying to get ideas on um, pricing. Yeah. Uh, so I'll tell you this, uh, and and obviously a custom rifle would be awesome, but I have a Springfield Armory Waypoint 2020 in six creed. And that thing is nasty. I love it. Yes. It's just. I'm spoiled because I shoot a custom rifle now. So yeah. I don't want to not shoot because I love it. Yeah. 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 No, I agree that with you. Sense. Uh, I think that caliber is pretty, pretty sweet because Austin has it, dude. It's just a Remington, uh, or sorry, a Ruger American Predator. I mean, you're kind of just out of the box, you know, ready to go. Generic rifle. Yeah. And that thing's money for him. No, I. I agree. So that whole question came up because what were we, we were doing our end of year show and we let people ask questions. And one of the questions was, no, freaking it was Corey. It was Corey that asked that question. He made us answer the question, what is our least favorite round? You know, we always, we've had shows with people. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? And so we had to answer, what's your least favorite? Well, I answered 223 and I got my shit kicked in for it. Which I'm like, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying it's not as good as the six There's creed. Better. It's not as good as the twenty two two fifty. It's not as good as the two forty three. Um, you know, uh that's why I said it was the worst. I don't actually believe it. I still hunt with a two twenty three, um, sometimes. But uh so we like to ask that question now and John answered the same question, did he not? He he said two twenty three. Am I getting that wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now Big Al no, would would and not Corey have said, said 204. That. Yeah, Corey said 204. Big Al would not have said 223, we're I'm going, pretty sure. We're going to have to reach back out to Big Al and get the answer because I think Big Al's answer is going to be the 65 Grindle. It's possible. Yeah, I don't think he's a big fan of that one. But he, you know, he hunts with a 223 quite a bit, so I I know that's right. not going to be his answer. But uh yeah, so that's why we we're asking, you know, like educated riflemen 
that hunt coyotes like what's your least favorite because everybody's got one that they don't want to you know really shoot anymore so 204 for joey hartley in your face andy i'm i'm losing man i'm losing <laughs> he looked upset when i said that <laughs> well, it hurt yeah. my feelings a little bit but well be he, right. to be honest he does have resting bitch face that that is the thing he's got so <laughs> start calling you micah <laughs> yeah we're, we're 20 miles apart from each other so he can't hit me right now so that's good well, Joey, uh, before we hop off, why don't you tell everybody how they can watch, um, you know, the awesome content you're putting out on YouTube, YouTube, and uh, and check you out. Yeah, um, Mangy Dog TV on YouTube. We've actually got another breeding season video lined up. Probably drop it next week. Um, tons of videos, tons of shorts. Facebook, Mangy Dog TV. We do the same thing: videos, um, reels post and then we're throwing stuff about like stand breakdowns um little bits here and there about like how we like deal with rich. i do like those for sure yeah um a lot of people do i've gotten a lot of feedback about those um we throw in a lot of stuff like rip you know he's a high drive dog that lives in the house so we're like put him on the carpet mill a lot do a lot of stuff with him and that normally ends up on the page once in a while just to see the all-around look that we have with rip and um you know my personal facebook page and then my instagrams under my name and uh tiktok as well is under my name how do you not get kicked off of tiktok on a daily basis it's really simple um i don't show shots it's just like the uh the dog words yeah and i mean i get some hate you know (laughs) i I get a lot there and youtube but I haven't been kicked off yet. Yeah, I don't. hopefully I don't. Yep. I know I did a, like do the creator fund on TikTok and it tanked my views. So then I left it and then the views came back. Huh. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't I don't dick with TikTok. Andy's got one for us, but I've I don't a little bit. I don't think but. you do anything with it, but yeah, that was the, that's the one I haven't dove into yet just because I'm like, as soon as I put something on there I like, they're going to freaking cancel me because <laughs> uh, I don't think about that stuff. So I'll just put the, the shot and next thing you know, I'll be I'll be blocked or whatnot. But It's a really hard platform for uh, hunting content, no doubt. Yeah. You know, if, if we weren't dog and we really kicked off three times for dead animals. Yep. I get it. Well, man, Joey Hartley, we appreciate you coming on, dude, um, and uh, spending some time with us. What'd you say? Oh, you're lagging again. I said, I'm sorry. I'm lagging behind. I cut Joey off there. I I swear I'm not interrupting on purpose. I think (laughs) I'm just so far behind. Yep. I'm screwing everybody up. Oh, you're You're good. You're good. All right, Joey. Well, we appreciate your time, man, and uh, good luck with the rest of the season. All right. Thanks for having me on again. All right. See you.